0: of why an idea once it encapsulates the very fabric of your soul mind body heart makes you resilient to anything that goes against that idea which means that the byproduct of that is you try to see how can that idea become what every idea in human history has hoped to become which is reality right so how can this idea of this the, we are all one and this whole idea of being divisive against people that are literally the same thing as you in a different sack of meat How can that idea materially be manifested in the world through a way that allows me to more meaningfully exist and that we'll do a little spiel on on the idea of inception and then we get into the wrong solutions it's like well i tried to manifest this idea in three ways and all three of those ways fundamentally failed but nonetheless i'm going to explain what these three solutions were to my uh ongoing problems with meaning and purpose describe the three problems well, we recorded it, so I'm gonna use some of this. Stuff. You can just repeat what I say. Have you done a lot of public speaking before? I haven't done any. Really? So you're in the industry? You've never been to like industry events where you were asked to speak or anything? Or you've always been? i X Live, I
1: spoke at the Electronics Expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. With a very small audience. Right. Uh, I usually go to big audiences where there's really zero personal interaction. Right. I'm really not making eye contact with anyone looking above their heads across the, you know. Right. So uh, it's 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 definitely been easy. And as a performing artist, I always was on stage singing
0: right. songs. Right.
1: So I never really had to worry about content.
0: Right. Before. Do you still perform a lot or are you still in the yeah, background? I've not performed since I was like 22. And now you're 35, so it's been about 13 years. Yeah. Of just the business side of it. Yeah. Okay, when did you start 180 Group? 2012. 2012. And what were you doing before that? I
1: was VP of Universal Music. The
0: VP of Universal Music?
1: Yeah. yeah right. So,
0: like, ah. what are you doing for speakers? You've been doing for artist management, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so the psychology behind a TED Talk. Um, so, I've given a lot of speeches over the course of, of my 22 years. I started speaking at 13, I started getting competitive at around 16, 17 started going around the world with speeches. Those speeches revolved around a topic. Uh, Should the United States pass a living wage? Is Disney good for cultural norms? And there would be an affirmative and negative side. So I had to do research from the affirmative negative perspective. Sometimes we would only get the topic and we would have an hour to do research and we would have nothing other than a dictionary because they wanted us to be super creative uh, and come up with arguments and sell those arguments. To me, speaking in TED Talks is just the evolution of can we make an argument on stage and convince and spread it in a way that's convincing. The reason I'm really in love with the concept of a TED Talk is not really because I'm in love with TED, um, but rather I'm in love with how they have branded speaking as this idea that can be spread across generations and be an idea that is uh, worth spreading outside of other forms of creative communication. So like Simon Sinek, Brene Brown, these people gave a TED Talk in like 07, 08, that's when TED was really exploding um and literally it was really overnight they were getting millions of views that's and that's because there wasn't so much content back then but their careers exploded and they became professional speakers Brene brown talks about vulnerability simon Sinek talks about leadership so they were able to make a 15-minute speech to an audience they presented an idea in that speech that was captivating enough for their entire career trajectory to fundamentally change and have wild opportunities open for them you've had a pretty successful career so far by what you've told me the, the lady i was working with the other day she was she's been a leadership coach for 20 years and basically she wanted a signature talk that could get her booked at more corporations to do speaking um and that could really elevate her personal brand she should probably hire a videographer crew like 500 bucks to come in and film her speech She'd and i was very disappointed with the end and i was curious why she had she doesn't have that much footage of her she doesn't have that much content basically I haven't. but I know they're recording it, but that's it. Yeah, they're
1: recording it. It's not, it's not good. It's not a good... It's not okay. It's not a sizzle reel. To put it that way. It's, it's not something... That it's just like, literally the, just the speaker yeah, and the camera. Yeah, she's going to do some serious production She should ask for the raw file so an editor can zoom and cut and center her the right way. All right. Yeah. I looked at some of the ones that they've done the past. And it's pretty messy.
0: From Bergen Community College specifically.
1: Yeah. yeah, of course, like the real TED Talks are produced also. Yeah.
0: Now, some TEDx organizations do a good job, but I guess this one doesn't yeah, invest think, that they, heavily. I think they
1: use... They're right limited by the talent
0: of what they have and right. not really known for the film production exactly yeah so nonetheless Are they using this? <laughs> yeah yeah they're using this no i have a dslr man but like the law says it can't go for more than 30 minutes not have you the, ever, law. the european law says you cannot so every 30 minutes i have to get up and press it again it's the most annoying thing in the world so So all my speaking engagements, like I'm I'm speaking on Wednesday at a business school, like I have to use this camera because I don't have someone to like press it back and forth. It's annoying. Um, But yeah, so basically she wants to elevate her personal brand and she wants this talk to sort of be there. I guess my question to you is before we get into the meat of the talk is are you interested in this talk, and I think you kind of already answered this, being a catalyst for a personal brand explosion or literally you just want to get through the talk and do a good, decent job?
1: Yeah, I just want a decent job. I don't need any more fans or followers or clients out of it. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Um, okay. So the topic for the theme or the theme for the event is resilience. Um, so I guess I'm going to open up your email while I'm talking to you. What does when you heard that? I guess what did resilience scream to you?
1: I looked it up, you know, because I wanted to make sure that my definition was, you know, on par. Right.
0: Right. So I think the main thing for a TED talk is definitely um, I don't think it has to be fifteen minutes either. Um, I think that that might, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Her speech is like eleven minutes, so I think you do ten to twelve at most. Um, the big thing is we have to establish a storyline for what the talk is going to look like, and and so first before we get to the story, we have to like identify what is the key central idea, and then how does that idea uh, c- how is that idea communicated through a problem that has to be resolved, which you isolated at the beginning of this uh, document. And then what's the solution to that problem the story of explaining the problem is a speech inside of the speech and the solution is a speech inside of the speech the macro philosophical theme that the audience walks away with is sort of the the gut and grits of of what the speech would be remembered for Um, so 2005 you were robbed at gunpoint empty parking lot on my knees uh, with a gun in my mouth Uh, why did this happen Were you in a bad area, bad lo- no,
1: a College campus, University of Maryland. And and people just came PG up to you. What they take from you? Uh, well, first they parked the car horizontally across all the parking spaces, so when I came home, I had to park like far away from my apartment, so it was totally premeditated. Oh yeah. And then right. as I walked up, they came behind me with the gun, and they brought me in my house, loaded up everything in the trash bags, multiple trips in and out of the house all morning. Then they took us to an ATM. My roommate couldn't remember his uh, pin number because he was like shaking. it so was crazy, no, was, yeah. <laughs> about this life, that way. Was, like pissing himself. Yeah. And so they Them. No, of course not. I do think they tried.
0: Now you started at the beginning of this intro with that little story, so I'm assuming that story was a really low point in your life.
1: I was just trying to find uh, uh, like an opening that would be memorable. Yes like different
0: from the other people. Yes, okay. and I, think, so I think I think you can definitely got one. That
1: none of the other
0: yeah, I'd guarantee them, that too. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately there's a few of those that I can draw from. But right. that was one that was the simplest, shortest, and think most digestible. You know, like there's other like in Costa Rica, I spent all night booth holding it together while these little kids with 12-year-olds holding shanks trying to rock it to get me out because it was garbage. And Wait, was hold
0: on, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're in Costa Rica. You're in a phone yeah, booth.
1: Yeah, I'm in a phone booth because it's garbage night and I'm walking home to my hotel and there's this, like, pack of kids, just wild kids picking through all the garbage. And this one kid goes, up, you promised me, in English, like the only English he knows. you promised me, and they were following me. So eventually, they were following me to the point where, like, other kids were coming in the other direction. At some point, I realized, like, okay, fight or flight, and so I started, like, running through. and rocking it trying to get me out of the phone booth.
0: And what and happened? Uh, an- long story there.
1: short, I went to the uh, airport, and they kicked me out of the airport because the airport's closed. It's not open 24 hours, so 12 o'clock they kicked me out. I had to walk to the American Embassy, and then they had to call. They had to wait till like 9 a.m. U.S., and then call and get a, a, a copy of my passport faxed over, and then they gave me this like, packet of paperwork to bring to the airport, and they let me back into the U.S. at that point. But yeah, robbed in Costa Rica, again, in my underwear.
0: So the kids took everything from you because they were holding up the knives to you. So yeah, uh,
1: yeah, they all had shanks. I mean, there was like 30 of them. Was,
0: you know, and they took everything. These
1: black beady eyes. You promised. You promised
0: us. Promises what?
1: Because that's just what they learned. Like how to
0: bag and Wow.
1: Yeah, there's a few more, but I don't want to waste your
0: time. Uh, <laughs> and then 10 years later, you're on a personal and professional high, taking a company from 0 to 100, hit the ink as 13 fast. Okay, so I think we already have a Rags to Riches story, which is good.
1: Quick, like in the first minute.
0: Yeah. Know. Yeah, and I think that's important because that immediately gets people's attention and makes them want to grab on. It, it establishes ethos and credibility for who you are as an individual to go from something that low to something this high, um, particularly from the things you mentioned. I, so the way I would I'm just going to use your entire structure because I was going to write it on a whiteboard, but I think we kind of have it all ready here. Um, the first, I, I, would in, I would include both stories, actually. Really? So for the first 20 seconds, I would say the Robin and the gunpoint thing. But before I get into this, how... Uh, how compulsive are you to make this to do the speech verbatim, uh, like off uh, this stuff? No do it verbatim, right? Perfect. I'm not gonna be able to so as I'm long not as you have, to, right. right? Okay, good. Because some people want to do that. and I'm like, I just yeah. I
1: was thinking about like writing an outline on my hand and like looking down if I needed. to And looking down yeah, if you needed to. you know sometimes people walking, like I can look down without it making it look like I'm
0: looking at my hand. Right. If I had to. If you had to. Yeah, uh, yeah some experience from that in, in high school when I had to. <laughs> That Tesla <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, hopefully, I don't have to, but I really like I literally have like 18 hours of work per
0: day, and so I'm just not sure how I would memorize. You're busy, you're a busy guy, you know? yeah. Yeah, so I would introduce those two stories, um, just because I think the second story even adds a little bit more depth to some of the stuff you've been through. Um, so the first story, gunpoint, uh, describe it in detail the way you did to me. It's not in detail written here, but I'm pretty sure you're just writing down, so you have a no, note. no,
1: that's how I would, I would That's
0: I would, how you, I would, you would, I would say I
1: would, it. I was just gonna breeze over it,
0: okay. You're just gonna breeze over yeah,
1: it, yeah. Just gonna basically establish. Some bad shit's happened, but here's what I here's what came of it, and then you know, let me tell you in between how I got to this point. How I was able to manage my thoughts.
0: Okay, so so, so that's not okay. So the reason you're rising over it is because that's not even your dilemma. Your dilemma is a lack of unhappiness, lack of stress. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, all of this stress manifesting in, in my body through all the different disease and this and that. Right.
0: This is when you're at the height of professional success yeah, as well. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so search for peace. Now, this is where you're kind of thinking, okay, I have a lot of professional success. I've made it through some of the really worst situations. Now I'm trying to figure out what is going to get me to be at a place where in my life where I have stability.
1: It's more like, uh, okay, so I've, I checked all the boxes, friends, family, money, success, why am I still miserable?
0: Mm. Right. I think that's good. I think that's really good, because I think that's kind of relatable to what we have to deal with today, especially in the area of mental health that we're talking about. A lot of us, especially Americans, I mean, we are so abundant. We have so much stuff, but yet we're still longing for something. Yeah. And, um, you know, in other places, they're, they're longing for everything. and It's totally different. Um, okay, so I think this is what we can do then. So we're going to breeze through the problems in the beginning. Um, I think you can describe two of those problems, and then... 10 years later you're on a professional high, you build a big company. You don't want the Ted talk to be more so about the process of building that company, no. I'm assuming. So you want, so.
1: I mean, unless you think it's, uh, I
0: don't know. I think it's interesting. So it, we are uh, either talking about the process of building a company from zero. So I was
1: talking to like a business school or entrepreneurs or something. I think that would be the that would be something. A little like I'm talking to everyday like mom and dad and sister and brother. Right. To make something more relatable. No, I
0: agree. Like I agree that. with you hundred percent. Yeah. And audience demographic-wise, that's a good analysis as well. Um, okay. So now we have a dilemma that we're, we're not ha- necessarily happy, and then we have the search for peace. So what is the solution, in your opinion, to the well, dilemma? The first
1: solution is, you know, let's just, I'll, I'll withdraw. So, you know, let this scar tissue harden on the outside. Yes.
0: Now when you were living check to check at this time it, it, the did you not have enough financial security to no, This was after I had sold my this Okay okay gotcha, got gotcha, got, got you So 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 the selling of the company was part of the process of trying to find peace, to find peace right. as well
1: yeah, So so it's moving to Puerto Rico last year I'm still trying to find peace
0: <laughs> So so you're not in 180 South Group anymore
1: I'm the chairman but I'm not the CEO
0: And so you gave up that position That's in order to reduce the amount afforded. of time yeah, Interesting the day to day How many employees does the company have? And it's located in nyc right uh, the headquarters the headquarters yeah so it's still it's still a pretty pretty busy operation you're just not involved in the gritty, no. gritty yeah, stuff. I don't, yeah. with, I don't let any of the clients call me which is the big deal because at the beginning
1: it? of the company all the clients were my friends right the artists that i
0: had managed so. yeah
1: yeah so my clients are katie perry Miley Cyrus, Rihanna, and will smith right so i'm more babysitting than i am managing so what do you
0: mean by that because uh, isn't part of talking to them managing it like And these high-profile people were confiding in you over their personal problems that you didn't need to worry about. Yeah,
1: they trusted me more than they trusted a lot of times their their own managers or agents. Right. They were just money. Right. Money was never my approach to my clients. Right. It was always about that personal interaction. Right. So that was abused. Right. So that's when I felt like, okay, I need to find a way to step away from this. Because the more clients we get, the more they're draining me. And at some point, there's nothing
0: left. Right. Right. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um. Now, the wrong solution, so you let the scar tissue harden me, no bond in sight, you weren't thriving. So you, you gave up a lot of the success you had had in order to take a back seat. but now you're still, you're still longing for meaning and purpose. That seems like that is the, the theme that's going on. That's, right. that's where we get into spiritual arts. Um, so this is where it seems like from when I read it last night, this was a lot about self-awareness of the self or like the self in relationship to what the purpose of the self's existence is. I want to get really weirdly yeah, <laughs> spiritual with it. The, the first part is understanding
1: that, you know, there's a separation between myself and my body that I see in the mirror. Right. That's the first thing. And then secondly, okay, so if I'm not the body, then what, am I, what are these thoughts? And do they come on their own? Or is there a catalyst or a, a synaptic trigger of sorts right. that makes them appear? And then how do I control them instead of being a victim of them? Right. That was kind of the process
0: that I went through. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense to me. And then the resolution. This was just sort of one of the tools, that that one I of the tools to to that me. really helped me,
1: which was the scale of thought first, you know, being able to, to recognize the thought, pin it down on the scale, and then slowly escalate it to out of the negative and the doldrums of the neutral and the mundane and into the positive,
0: right? Okay, cool. Okay, um. So I think overall, this structure that you've written out makes a lot of sense. I think maybe we just want to isolate a couple of key areas. So the problem for this talk is going to be lack of fulfillment in the face of success with quotation marks around it so one of the biggest things for a TED talk um, is really making sure this problem is felt by the audience Uh, one of the speakers I had he was trying to create a solution around a problem and the biggest thing for me was like is this even a problem in the first place because if it's not a problem no one's gonna care enough about the solution and that's the same about business as well so I think the biggest thing is making sure we figure out is the problem meaningful enough to be talked about in a way that's relatable and universal to as many people as possible? I think it is a good idea we decided, or you decided, right, that the problem should not be the, the struggles of building the company, which are probably a host of different problems, but rather what comes after we get to that standpoint. Now, given your age as well, you've lived long enough to go through bottoms and ups and bottoms and ups to the point where you had to make a decision about what was going to happen uh, once you've achieved a strong level of success in order for your own mental health. So I see some possible themes aligning here uh, of mental health, obviously. And we can maybe nuance that a little bit so it's different from status quo conversations. Uh, self-awareness. And then I'm just going to write a big R for resilience. I think resilience, the way you looked it up is, and the way the traditional defini- definition of it for the event is not giving up something happens, there is an obstacle mentally and physically, you're going to be resilient against that obstacle in the face of what other people think, uh, simultaneously making sure that you keep your own identity secure while trying to uh, uh, move past that obstacle. So for you, resilience seems to be in the face of a problem that is bringing me a lot of success. It is not fulfilling me happily. So I think the universal theme that we're going to try to get the audience to, to feel is that you can, it's kind of what Jim Carrey's saying nowadays, which is like, I wish everyone was rich and famous so that they knew, so that, so that they could realize that it means nothing to be rich and famous. It's like, I, the, the theme that I guess we want the audience to feel, especially because they're more older and they're more parents and they're probably not at the level of, you know, macro level CEO type of company success you have, is that you can have a ton of amazing things happen in your life. You can go from the bottom, you can have a true rags to riches story, and then at the end of that, you can still feel that there is some level of uh, lack of feeling and meaning and purpose in your life in the face of all that success Mm -hmm. that was achieved. Um, And I think that would be sort of the major theme we're going for. In order to win that, we have to win that. It is important to care about this problem. So in order to win that the problem or the lack of fulfillment exists, I think we have to maybe think of some counter examples outside of your own personal experience where in pop culture and history, people have achieved something meaningful, but they have not felt that it was meaningful enough for them to sustain happiness, which brings up a broader question of, I guess, what is happiness, if you have to define it?
1: I think happiness is more about having all your needs fulfilled. Right.
0: fulfilled and desires. Um, so in terms of the actual structure of the speech, I think we're gonna keep intro two stories uh, success tale. So I think that's number one. that's good to go. So we're gonna have two toys and then get that to success and then we get to the little bit of the introduction of the problem which was, that you're still not comfortable. So second part, we can still keep it as problem. And this is just the dilemma that you describe. Now, the only thing here we have to understand is how this can relate to this. So in describing this dilemma, uh, in terms of the internal stress, this is where I would think we would add just one or two more examples. And I think this would get us to the 10 minute mark as well. So A or B. examples of people who have achieved success, but they haven't gotten it. So uh, this, I can do a little bit more research and email you on, but the first thing I would say is I would just mention Jim Carrey okay. and talk about how he's talking about success right now. Um, now I'm trying to think of someone else who's, who's Maybe a woman. definitely a woman. Um, who's, minority. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think Ariana Huffington talks about this to some extent. Not necessarily sure if she's exactly on this. I know her big thing is like, get sleep, because people yeah, are working I, too much.
1: Yeah, I mentioned her earlier.
0: You did? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I wanted a, a corporate, corporate cultural and ah, right, 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 right. You did mention that. Right. Um. Okay, so then we'll have one more example there that highlights the problem. So now the intro, we have two stories that lets to success. Hmm. That should be at most a minute, maybe a little bit less, but likely a minute if you're talking regular speed. Then we get into the problem. This is just a personal experience about thriving but having problems. Uh, The the physical problems, do you think this this was also a result of the stress, right? It wasn't just random stuff that happened. Yeah,
1: just stress manifesting. I didn't have any of these issues. I had no predisposition to these issues. It was just a massive amount of stress I didn't know what to do with and just manifested
0: itself in the body. Cool. So I think that's really important as well. So in terms of relatability to the audience, the stress part is super important because so many people in the audience have probably had some level of stress that has caused them... Yeah, to have some type of physical problems, and then we get into the mental dilemma, which is like, okay, now I'm having all this physical stress, but I'm also having this mental stress because I'm not feeling fulfilled in what I'm doing, even though I'm doing something so successful, and that's where we'll mention two examples of people in the past that have also engaged in that type of life dilemma. Yeah, the the paradox of, you know, being... That's the exact word you say, paradox, yeah, yeah.
1: And having to, you know, anticipate negative things, or potentially negative things, but then Studying about manifesting your thoughts into reality. So, how can you anticipate negative things and also avoid bringing them to fruition? Right. You know, that's
0: that's part of the. That's a good question I would ask, right? Because I'm assuming you're someone who believes in manifesting thoughts into reality. Sure. And if you're having negative thoughts because of all the stress that you're having while trying to manifest your thoughts into reality, the negative thoughts are going to manifest into reality. Pretty logical. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh. So for paradox, I'm going to write the word negative there, just so we remember that. Yeah, and and I mean that's that would also be fairly simple. So you're going to bring up the personal experience problem. So this is where you're talking about like, so I was thriving for Presley, blah 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 blah. This happened. It's kind of like when Jim Carrey, and then you explain that. Um, also, uh, Lady Gaga says, and then you talk about her story for a little bit. You don't really need transition phrases here. You don't need to be like, first for the first story I want to share with you for why this problem is real. Yeah, freestyle. I mean, because like, cause you're naturally talking in a conversation in a TED Talk. Now, if you're giving very... Except that you're not talking to anyone. Except you're not talking to anyone. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Yeah, yeah you're talking... i answering
1: questions, but the, the whole, like, it's almost like a dictator.
0: Show, yeah. You know, authoritarian. And I mean, that's kind of what you have to feel. That's, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, you kind of do have to feel like a, a dictator, authoritarian in yeah. the most positive way possible. You have to believe that your message is so worth sharing that everyone has to shut up yeah, for 15 minutes and, wa- and watch <laughs> me talk. Don't look at me. Um, yeah, so you would naturally just transition to, it's like, now if you're committing very technical information chronologically or categorically on, like, electromagnetic waves, you might have to do first, second, third, because it has to happen in that order. But in this case, after you talk about your personal experience, you would say, for example, or also another example, and just be very natural. But it's about like,
1: it. you're talking sentence, like, Jim Carrey's take yeah. on is, like, yep. and that's
0: it. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah. And Jim's carry take on being rich and famous is that he hopes everyone does so they know that it's not meaningful. And that's exactly how I felt. Also, and then we'll say another example. Right. This I'll do some research and email you about because I want to get a good example for that. Because, again, this problem needs to be solidified. Because people will relate to you with stress. But when you say you built a super big company and you felt unfulfilled, that's when intuitively you should get people to be on your side. But most people are going to be like, you're crying in your Bentley. Like, what do you like? Right, like you, you should be very happy. So, getting them to believe in the the subjective experience you have with success and how it results in something negative is important to solidify in order to get yeah. to the transition for yeah. the and I solution.
1: Think I, it brings it back down to earth when I talk about the bipolar diagnosis. Right. It's like, oh, my cousin's bipolar. Or, you know, whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah, really. yeah, that's very important. And I mean, like,
1: well, how does someone build a company bipolar how
0: does that work? Right. It's like, well, you're still a human being, but you you go through a lot of stuff. I was diagnosed with OCD at a very young age. You know, instead of playing okay. with toys, I, yeah. <laughs> instead of playing with toys, I would organize toys. And my mom was like, this isn't normal. And my dad had OCD, his dad had OCD, so it was very it was natural. Not called OCD, right? It wasn't called OCD, no. It was, it was just, just you got Well, yeah. I mean, well, my, when my dad would check the, the door if it was locked 50 times. Oh, he was like, ri- It's ritual. Yeah. So that's when my mom took him to the hospital, because he, Yeah. Now it's actually not as yeah. so I have that ritual problem, but it's not as bad as some. Some people can't make left turns. Right, like it's really like, you know it takes an 15 hour to get. Times yeah, that was his number? it was sometimes more than fifteen. Oh,
1: so it just depends on
0: how.
1: If it, it, it just fulfilled. he would
0: lock the car, get in the car, had to go back to go check, come in the car, had to, now it's a lot better now. He's he's about sixty years old, so it's a lot better. But when he was in his forties, fifties, I mean, that, did
1: you ever talk to him about like? When
0: I mean, yeah. He just said he just said he's protecting the family, and he has to make sure the house is locked so no one breaks in. So he well, that's he would. True,
1: but why fifteen times? Well, like, yeah. I mean, the and. The significance of the amount. Like, when do you stop? When is it
0: enough? Yeah, there is no significance. Oh, and, oh, there's no number. No, there's no, no, no number. No, no, no. So some people, I get what you're saying. Some people have an some even or an odd number. Right, right, right. He's yeah. Not like that. He just had to do it until he was fulfilled. And i kind of feel the same way when i was little like when i would turn the light switch off it would be like five times like, let me do it another couple times another couple times <laughs> for what? Like, it's for
1: it's, good measure
0: <laughs> it's stupid man and it's like that's why when people joke about like oh i'm a little ocd i'm like no you don't yeah, really I you mean, don't really get what right, a little ocd you know, is it's become a part of like the pop culture. it's an adjective now yeah right yeah it's, it's 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 rough and i got a lot better over it but i think me and my dad just overthink a lot of things and we do rituals but we're not as bad as some people that literally cannot yeah. Off. Um, so you were diagnosed. What age were you diagnosed with that?
1: This was uh, two years
0: ago. So, so, and have you felt always bipolar your whole life?
1: No, no. I thought, I mean, there was always this ping pong match going on, but I just assumed it was me logically looking at every potential. Right. Looking at both sides of the equation. <laughs> I didn't know that it was a classification. for
0: it. And did you have to start taking medication for it as well? Yeah,
1: they started putting me on medication, but it, uh, it was terrible. Some was, I mentioned, it makes me. Yeah. Sick.
0: okay so in so that would be the problem i think the third thing is kind of what we mentioned the wrong solutions mm-hmm. so okay. this would be you mentioning the diagnosis you mentioning the drugs that you took how Eastern it never Western
1: medications different therapies,
0: treatments. getting in yeah getting into a bunch of different thought processes in your brain for right. what could be the right solution blah, blah 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 i see
1: a breathing coach
0: i went to madhavan india yep oh, you went all the way to india so that maybe before that, the BKs yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I imagine, yeah, I going to ask that. Uh, Okay, so there's a bunch of wrong solutions, just a bunch of dots, you already know all those solutions. Um, so I would mention those wrong solutions. So, I mean, we can solidify them into like three to five, I would mention, like, I, I would think before the talk, there so when you're in this phase of the talk, this is probably at, this is the two minute, now we're at the four minute mark, or three minute mark. Um, there are three ways I try to solve these problems. All of them failed, the first. And this is where I would get chronological. Blah blah blah. Explain the first. The second. I got diagnosed. Then they took medication. That didn't work. Third. I went to India. That didn't work either. This is the part of the talk where I think maybe we can establish a little bit of humor. Is that something you're into, or?
1: Yeah, something like, uh, like you know, this is when I started to learn about uh, the journey of the soul. Yes. Yes. No, I'm not talking about Google.
0: Yes. No, like okay. Like, know, yeah. Okay. Cool. So little little jabs just, here. Just something to wake you up in case you fell asleep for the first half. Yeah. Which which you which you <laughs> so have a good story. So you shouldn't want you know I mean I don't think they should fall asleep for the for I the first three they, four minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right. They might be done by the night the time yeah, you're gone. Um. So let, let's solidify it down to three. So you want to do, Eastern, uh. You want to do, let's do India bipolar, and then what's the third solution that you tried?
1: Um, uh, yeah, so so definitely we should mention pharmaceuticals because that's what everybody can relate to, right? So after my doctor diagnosed me, I know the doctor sent me to the behavioral health clinic. So let's do behavioral health. Cool. Pharmaceuticals, and then
0: the India. Mindfulness meditation. And mindfulness was India. Cool. Yeah. India, pharma, behavioral health. Now, what uh, category would the Google joke fit under? Uh,
1: that was at the
0: end. That was at the very end of the presentation. Yeah. Okay. No,
1: no, no. At the end of this section. So that would be going into the
0: meditation. The, the meditation. So soul. that's, I okay.
1: About blah, blah, I learned that we're all connected. There's this and common that's, thread.
0: And that's the actual solution that when you're learning about the soul. Yeah. That's the yeah, actual thought that process. that I, I, I stumble. In that process. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I stumble and then go back to it.
0: So Finding the soul. And I'm going to type everything up here, and I'm going to send you another document. So okay. don't worry about that. Well, Finding yeah, the soul. <laughs> Finding the soul, and then the Google transition is going to be there for humor. Right. Um, and I can,
1: always, and I can go right into the scale of thought if, if, if we're not uh, you know, if we're at the right time. Otherwise, I think I have a couple other things to fill. fill
0: so before we get to scale of thought, um, just in terms of the wrong solutions, and. So the reason I think the psychology behind this being humorous makes sense is because it's kind of like everyone in, in our lives tries to solve a problem at one point. And we usually go about solving a big problem in our life in a funny way. So like think about it when you're having an existential crisis, you start buying a bunch of self-help books. It's so like that's not really going to solve your existential crisis. It'll give you a little bit more knowledge about what it means to be alive. But Tony Robbins isn't going to solve the fact that you think you're <laughs> right. going to die, right? So going to date with destiny you know, is not going to solve your entire problem. Um, so I think in this case, we can make a humorous uh, joke out of three different things that you've tried. Three is like just a good number to solidify it um, and get the audience to feel like not only am I human because I'm struggling with having success, but I'm also human because I tried to solve this problem in a variety of different, in a myriad of ways, but I couldn't come up with the solution. And this is where I think you can get a little bit funny, potentially give it a little bit of virality because f- funnier stuff people tend to share, people tend to like that stuff more. Um so India. So just describe to me, You what, what? how long did you go to India for? I
1: went there for two and a half weeks.
0: Okay. And you went to, say the city again? Maruban, And you stayed at stayed
1: at a retreat
0: center. Uh, by yourself. Yeah. And so, so, okay, so I'm thinking of it. So how compulsive was booking the ticket? Was it just like India? No, I what went
1: to it? Peace Village first.
0: You we went to Peace Village first. That. Yeah. Okay. And this was two years ago? Or? No, this was um,
1: 2016 or four years ago.
0: Four years ago, 2016. Five years ago. Five years and do you remember the month you went? Um, it was hot. I think August. September. August, perfect. Okay, that's funny. Um, so you go to this Peace Village thing, mm-hmm. you learn about spirituality through the mm-hmm. Indian perspective, yep. um, and yeah. then you decide, how, and then how long does it take you to book the ticket after um, that? Wow. Okay. I think so I think that's already humorous right there. So you go to peace village, you're like, let me go get some mental health training from Indians because yeah, Indians seem to else be else nothing I else even, is working.
1: I didn't know it was all Indian at the time. Yeah. I just saw it that it, I was you know I was I was actually looking up um uh mindfulness rehabilitation. I looked up uh digital uh, di- uh what's the word? Digital detox. Ah. I looked up stuff like that like you know just re- retreat centers for meditation, meditation centers.
0: Right. And the place is called Peace Village, right?
1: Yeah, Peace Village,
0: 95%. Indian. And it's led by Indians who are teaching the methodologies. Yeah, yeah, and a couple
1: of old white ladies that used to be accountants and, you know, <laughs> switch, switch the switch. switch. To. Yeah. switch, the
0: switch. Yeah, accounting can do that to you. Yeah, yeah That's for, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think the humorous narrative here is you you looked up how to solve these problems, whether it was a digital detox, whether it was mindfulness rehabilitation. And I'm assuming through Google you found this thing. Correct. Through Google, through social media, uh, you found through the thing that was causing me some of my anxiety. Maybe if if, if that is true, uh, you found your solution, which is Peace Village and Pharma. So this was the bipolar stuff. Yeah, this well, was uh, just uh, drugs. Yeah, yeah. This
1: was actually, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think that could be like the pseudo joke, just like how the, the side effects of them just didn't like just show that they weren't helpful at all. Right. So you had a solution, which was put something in my body, get something to be solved, and it ended up getting me fatter and more sweatier, right. And right. even more anxious. And all the other,
1: right, nightmares. Right. You take a, a, a pill for depression and the side effect is it makes you
0: sad. <laughs> there we go. There we go take a pill for depression. Oh, yeah, I like that. Take a pill for depression, side effects it make you sad. <laughs> they, and, this, and that's funny it's because true. It's, it's true. And on commercials, we just see billions of side effects. Right. And this right. is like the number one side effect that it's not supposed to be a side effect right. it's supposed to solve. Then behavioral health, this was what exactly?
1: Uh, behavioral health is like a, a cognitive behavioral
0: therapy. This is with like an actual therapist just talking Pro you through like things. Like oh, NLP stuff. Uh, and it all and
1: falls under CBT
0: behavior. And was it just talking to someone, or was it taking tests, or both? Okay.
1: Talking, tests, exercises, grounding exercises. as They call it sensory exercises, sensory deprivation exercises.
0: I'm assuming this stuff costed some money.
1: No, it was all covered. It was money. all covered on in insurance. Yeah, once wow. I got the bipolar
0: uh, diagnosis. Uh, diagnosis, right? Things were yeah, things were in like covered. I don't know who has that much money either like, to pay for them. Is big. Maybe a therapist will help. It's like, yeah, no, that's that's probably not going to happen. Um, okay, so ex- is there anything interesting in these ex- in these NLP CBT exercises that you took that stood out that were like um, unique or that made you think about them a little bit? No, not really. I mean, they're all kinda... ultimately they didn't work. That's the problem. None of it resolved the problem. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Um, so those are the three wrong solutions. Now, finding the soul. Um, so then the Google joke is, I found something that has all the information, and no, I'm not talking about Google, but rather...
1: Uh, something like we're, we're connected to a, a source of... Infinite,
0: infinite knowledge, knowledge right? which is not Google, right. Um, it's finding the soul. So what is sort of the story behind finding the soul? I guess, how did that happen? Or like, how would you describe it if you are just uh, talking in general?
1: Mm. Okay. Introduced to that. And then through the through that's when I hearted, okay, you know, now I get it. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open up, I'm not gonna be, you know, trusting, I'm just gonna just do me and just keep everything that I have. And that wasn't the solution either. So it was more than just about knowing it, I had to actually go out and practice it. So I was introduced to the idea of the journey of the soul, but then my interpretation of it wasn't exactly
0: right. Was the three problems? Okay, so then we just have to reverse these. So, like, the third thing after the problem was finding the soul. You can make a Google joke there. And then the fourth thing is all the wrong solutions that resulted from finding the soul. So, when you were, when the Israel thing, is, this sounds to me kind of like a like a recognizing your mortality thing. Did it have to do with death? Like, so when you say you are just riding stardust, right, and you're just this sack of meat in this soul, like... Did, did that trigger a sense of like d- death means that none of this matters and that I should just find purpose in this existence? Um,
1: I think it, uh, it helped me to understand that we were connected. So it, it solved some things in my brain. Like, it, it helped me to understand that we're the same. Like things like, you know, like I have, I have um, like my, one of my uncles is super racist. Right. And I always wondered like, you know, how, how did he get that way? Yeah. He doesn't understand that we aren't all connected. He doesn't understand that. Right. So I think that uh, that fundamental knowledge ensures that I can always stand up against you know inequalities and things like that because I don't believe it. I believe that we are all from the same place. Right. Life. When I look at some of my family members, they don't have that knowledge, and so their beliefs are completely different. Right. So I definitely attribute that type of knowledge to my ability to think clearly. You
0: know. Right. And this is really interesting because your dilemma is you're super successful, but you have all this stress, and that's causing all these problems of just like of 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 existence and recognizing that we all are one human race at the end of the day right like at its very core that to you created a level of clarity that you can live each day with a little bit more of a meaningful mindset i guess what i'm struggling with is finding the little link between recognizing we all come from one place towards your specific problems being solved. Like what framework did that provide for you?
1: Yeah, so I think the the recognition was just the first step. It was like the introduction to the idea. Yeah. I wasn't ready for the whole kit and yet. Yes. So what, once the idea was introduced to me, then my, I put it into practice as saying, Okay, then I don't really need anyone. I'm here on my own. Board alone dialogue. Like I don't need to I don't need to share. I don't need new friends, you know. But that's when I felt I started feeling caged in, closed off, and I wasn't I didn't have any fulfilling joy. There was nothing I was a part of that had a greater purpose. So I continued to search for those
0: solutions. So so when you got the idea of a human race, that the inevitable result of that was after these wrong solutions, basically isolation.
1: That was before the wrong
0: solutions. Before the wrong solutions. That was isolation. Then the isolation hypercharged the problem. So then okay,
1: so I'm a soul but I'm also not feeling fulfilled, so I still I obviously didn't find it
0: yet. Because you're lacking human interaction. Right. And that's the fabric of of a lot of our happiness. Yeah. yeah. So I something
1: on Netflix last night that showed that when we come out of the womb, we're, we're the most social, hmm. and we condition ourselves not to be social. Right. That's yeah. When these come out and they already recognize social cues.
0: Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then we get into the scale of thought. Okay. So explain yeah. this to me. So this is a methodology that I believe you're using in this speech in terms of positive and negativity. This is gonna be what uh, I guess the speech is remembered for in terms of the met- the call to yeah, action, what, right? right? what do you take away? Yeah. yeah. What would be your scale of thought?
1: The scale of thought is, is essentially the idea that every thought that we have in our brain can be pinned on this scale, which is like, like my arm, it goes from negative, wasteful, or mundane, neutral, positive, device. so it's right. line. And so any thought that we have, pin it on the scale, so because the brain learns on rehearsal and repetition, do this for a while and you naturally begin to produce more positive thoughts.
0: So example one, walking along the sidewalk and you see a shiny watch in the middle of a busy street. I hope that watch gets crushed by an oncoming car. That's negative. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of funny as well. I wish I had a watch like that, wasteful. Why is that wasteful?
1: Uh, anything that would've, could've, should've, it, there's, there's no purpose. You, you can't do anything to, to change it. So it's a thought that, that there's no action that you can take, you can't change it.
0: Right. And this little methodology you came up with yourself, just thinking Uh, of?
1: It's an interpretation of stuff I've learned. Of stuff
0: you've learned, right. Neutral, the watch is gold and silver. Positive, that's a night watch. Divine, I'm gonna give this watch away to someone who needs it more than me. I like that. Walking along the same sidewalk, eating a sandwich, you see a colorless dog. That dog should be locked up in a (laughs) I should have crossed the street earlier. The dog looks sad. I hope that dog finds a good home. I'm gonna give away the rest of my sandwich. Now, the the way you tie it together is by becoming more aware of our thoughts and rephrasing them to ascend the thought of scale. We can remove the negativity and wastefulness to create more positive thoughts. Now, so this was what solved your eventual yeah. mental health issues. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: ongoing. ongoing, right. But at least gave you a framework to, to move beyond a lot of this stuff. Correct. Cool. All right. So we have the intro. We have two stories, how it leads to, uh, leads to success from those horrible moments. That will take a minute to sort of set up the framing. Problem, the dilemma, we're gonna have two examples under the dilemma. The dilemma is your personal experience. All of this is categorized through two things immense level of stress that leads to these problems and the paradox of uh, financial economic success with lack of fulfillment, which is a universal paradox that uh, a decent amount of people should be able to deal with. This will take about two minutes, maybe three minutes, give or take to set up that problem. Then we get into finding the soul. So this is the introduction of the beginning, and you can probably mention the Israel story, Israel story, if you like. You don't have to, but I mean, I did you did in there, so you probably can. Um, and this is we're gonna we're gonna have the Google joke and the transition, and uh, this will be the introduction towards recognizing a, a an idea that fundamentally begins to change the trajectory of how you conceptualize human existence at its core. Then we have wrong solutions that are an, that are a byproduct of. This idea, uh, this idea, I'm trying to think of what's the verb of inception, incepting your brain. <laughs> um, I, think it is. I think that's it. So, and you, I'm assuming you've seen Inception. Uh, yeah. So, maybe we can, and I, I, again, I'm going to type all this up and I'm going to write out little suggestions by tonight so you can have ideas. Uh, maybe we can put in a little 30 second thing about Inception, not the movie itself, but the idea of the movie, which was an idea that becomes so powerful that goes into your brain. Not only can you not get it out of your brain, it becomes hard to distinguish that idea from reality. So for me, like once I recognized I was gonna die, and I mean really get conscious of the fact you're gonna die, like I I just could not stop thinking about the fact that one day I cannot eat chocolate chip cookies. And I love to eat chocolate chip cookies. And there's gonna be one day where I like, there's no more chances to eat chocolate chip cookies. That idea has resulted in me trying to build a company that's based upon those philosophical principles. Maybe chocolate chip cookies, one day, (laughs) one day. Uh, I think for a good 30 seconds, and I'll add that in the doc, maybe we can talk about the value and power of an idea in relationship to resilience. So we bring that back to the core theme of why an idea, once it encapsulates the very fabric of your soul, mind, body, heart, makes you resilient to anything that goes against that idea, which means the the byproduct of that is you start to see how can that idea become what every idea in human history has hoped to become, which is reality. Right? So how can this idea of this, the, we are all one and this whole idea of being divisive against people that are literally the same thing as you in a different sack of meat, how can that idea materially be manifested in the world through a way that allows me to more meaningfully exist and that we'll do a little spiel on, on the idea of inception and then we get into the wrong solutions. It's like, well, I tried to manifest this idea in three ways and all three of those ways fundamentally failed, but nonetheless, I'm going to explain what these three solutions were to... My uh, ongoing problems with meaning and purpose. Describe you should, you do the
1: three problems.
0: Well, we recorded it, so I'm going to use some of this <laughs> You can just repeat what I say. <laughs> okay, good. Um, cool. Wrong solutions, and then, and then after wrong solutions, we get into scale of thought. Um, the trap. What was the point of this part?
1: You know, it be t- I, I was I was looking and researching good stories, and, and uh, something about it said like once you find the solution. Present a potential trap. So I ah, to, yes, yes, so yes. Now so I know one what you're of saying. the things that, that I, I, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've gotten to the point in my life now where I've, I've avoided this trap, but at one time I felt like fixing people's problems w- w- was my skill set. You wanted to, to save other people. a lot of people from learning their own lessons that way. And so I wanted to talk about the law of detachment, but I wanted to tease that as being like a next talk kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, so if in, <laughs> yeah. you're interested in doing the speaking no, thing... I
1: felt like that's how you're supposed to set it up. You know,
0: so. um, as soon as you said trap, I thought the give a person a fish, they eat for a day, teach Same a person thing. a... Same exact thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and you feel passionate about including that in the speech?
1: No, it's okay if it, if it doesn't fit. I'm just trying to
0: think what is the value of it, yeah. The, the, as we move our thoughts up the scale, we discover more divinity in and around us, but let me tell you about the trap I fell into. I consider myself a sharp guy, and while I often like, I like to help other people... So as we use the method of the scale of thought, which is what we described, sometimes we can fall into a trap, which is that we become so so positive. So positive. Yeah. That's the right thing. So positive, we try to. This is actually a really good problem, though, that you're describing here, because I've had friends tell me I'm generally, I guess, maybe you can tell, an optimistic, positive guy, and they don't like it a lot of times. They're annoyed by it. Yeah. They, and then you got to have one friend to keep around
1: you that is negative.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Misery loves company, well. right?
1: No, no, no. Because he will balance you out. So when people see you as a pair, like, oh man, you guys are a great partner. Yeah. Like for your business partner, you should find someone that's a realist, like
0: that's super adaptive. pragmatic, super yeah, not dreaming. Correct.
1: Like, right. If it's not logical, then yeah. you know the it one
0: doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I actually, I actually do need that type of person. Yeah. You're right. Um, no, I think we can include this at the very end, and just as like a little bit of a warning at the end. Um, as you use the scale of thought, just remember that sometimes you may become too positive because these thoughts may, because something that's supposed to be negative, like a death in your family that you're supposed to deal with, right. you turn it into something positive.
1: Right. And you become so detached that people are turned off
0: by it. Right. You know? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I will include that in the outline I sent to you. Uh, and in the closing, understanding kindness and gratitude can transform us to become pillars of strength. Wishing you all a peaceful, productive week. I think the closing, so there's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Every other time, so.
0: One of the things in the closing that I really like to do is attach, uh, create a metaphor or an analogy and attach metaphorical symbolism to that analogy that is cohesive with the hook. So, real quick example, uh, a lady who's doing a talk on resilience, she's going to talk about a cream cheese and jelly sandwich at the beginning of the talk. What is a cream cheese and jelly sandwich? I've never had that. I don't know if you've never had that.
1: I have, actually. Yeah, it's on them- a bagel
0: shop. Wow. Okay. So she she thought it was a real. She says like everyone has them. I'm like I don't think any people eat this stuff. This it's a cream cheese and jelly. That's ridiculous. But real thing, real so her five year old uh, oh, uh, lettuce and cream cheese. Yeah, that one's and that I that not, no, that one. I feel like I would be okay with
1: that. The lettuce. That's okay. crispy iceberg lettuce. Uh, no, no no no! That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: disgusting. <laughs> I don't want no crispy iceberg. Um. Her, her five-year-old used to eat these sandwiches, and then he came home one day, and he was like, Mom, stop making them. The kids are making fun of me because it's not peanut butter and jelly. It's not cream cheese and bagel. It's cream cheese and jelly. Yeah. And she said, uh, you have to eat that sandwich uh, in order to be resilient against what other people think. So then she gets through her whole talk. Um, so the beginning is that little story, and then she says, when I think of resilience, I think of women's leadership, which is her talk. So yeah. she used that story to bridge into women's leadership. Right. Nine minutes of women's leadership. then at the en- the- Then at the end, right. she's like, yeah like a good joke. Then at the end, she's like, "Well, blah, 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 blah. She pauses and don't forget to eat your cream cheese and jelly sandwich in the face of everyone who says you shouldn't. And then standing ovation, right? And I, I really think that's kind of like a magic formula. I think, no, of, I think of it as songs. I think of it in movies. I, if you've ever seen Goodwill Hunting, like yeah. the closure to Goodwill Hunting was so cohesive with the, with, with the therapist's story of chasing after yeah. the girl. So is there a little... Resolve. It's a resolve, right? Um, is there a metaphor that we can attach to the beginning? I'm thinking this story, so there was a gun in your mouth and there were shanks on you. you no, know, there's uh, at least
1: two or three times I mentioned something about underwear.
0: There is. Uh, you did mention underwear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me write down underwear. So in both stories, you were robbed in your underwear. Yeah,
1: I wound up in my
0: underwear. You wound up in your underwear. <laughs> um, okay, so underwear. How do we refer this to scale of thought? Scale of thought, neg- negative, wasteful, and neutral, positive, divine. So I'm just going to freestyle a bunch of stuff. So as you're engaging in your own scale of thought, remember that you should never waste underwear. Remember that your underwear can be divine. Remember that... I feel
1: like this is even something you can do in your underwear. Something you can use. You know, something you can do. Yeah, I like something that. Something to make the university applicable. You can use it anywhere, blank, 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 or even in your underwear.
0: Even in your underwear. Okay, so that that's actually, yeah, I'll put some ideas in there. Um, yeah, I like that. So that just means that if this is true, that means subliminally but explicitly you have to stress underwear in the delivery of your speech at the beginning, yeah. just so that and, when. And there's
1: one other one. So there's one in the beginning of the story, and then there's another point where, so the transition is like so. I forget it, it's in the it's in the text, but it's like you know so so here I am. Uh, in my underwear. The computer scouring scouring for. Solutions. solutions. Right. In my underwear, feeling lousy and probably looking even worse. You know,
0: something like that. So this will be when we get to finding the soul. Yeah. Yeah, this right. is the search for peace. type. Yeah, here.
1: it's like the transition of like me looking for solutions.
0: Perfect. So it's going to be mentioned yeah. basically three times because in the two stories, then this one, and then that it, it should just click immediately when you say it, even in your underwear. Thank right. you. And then the clapping happens. <laughs> um, and then people should get it. Um, cool. I think that makes sense.
1: Shoot
0: in the uh, I don't know if Ellen would be the most excited <laughs> about that, but it's possible. Um, delivery of the speech itself. So I think we have content figured out. I'm going to get this all sent to you, and hopefully, we're both satisfied with the outline. Actual delivery. Uh, so you, you've been speaking before. It's not like you don't know how to talk. Um, the only thing I would say to stress is, uh, and this stuff, positive. No, I think you can. You oh, okay. can, you can right. walk. A, yeah, you can. Because it's going to be a big that was stage. Actually my biggest concern is having the stage still. Now, now, granted, when you get there, if their light person is only on that carpet, you probably can't pace. Because, but that would be weird if the light doesn't follow you. That would be really inefficient and un. It might be that way. It would be very. Sound the
1: camera setups. I saw like one camera on sticks. So if you move, you're out of focus. Really, Yeah.
0: that's actually very inappropriate for a major production <laughs> for TEDx. Major um, production. I mean, like, the, maybe, the, well, it's maybe we the thing is, this is going to be on a YouTube channel with 22 million subscribers. So I'm saying, like, it, it has a chance to go viral if, like, the content is good. Now, the production of it could be trash, but if the content is amazing. So, but yeah, so if, it, if it's there, you can walk around a little bit back and forth um, on the red carpet if they allow you to move. The biggest thing is you have to just be slow and you have to pause in certain moments. Um, I generally talk really fast because I come from a competitive speaking perspective, so you have to talk fast. Yeah, I do. Consciously slow down and remember. And the other thing is when you're on stage it's it,
1: even you
0: Yeah. The nerves hit different. And I've been speaking for a while, but when you get on stage, like the nerves hit different. Until you get into the flow of your rhythm and you know how to go back and forth and you're you're excited yeah. to share right. it it's still a little bit nervous.
1: Yeah, and if I, and talking too fast, if I get to the closer to the end too quick, I'm gonna try to fill with garbage and that's when things could go left.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because now you now, now not only have you kind of forgotten a lot of what you were going to say, you ran through it so quickly. And you're
1: already out of juice.
0: And, it's like and you're already out of juice. And now you start making stuff up. And I've been in that situation. You yeah,
1: did. yeah. Not speaking, but in
0: other shit. In other shit. It doesn't go well. Um, your rate, uh, so we talked about rate, your pitch and your tone, I would only get super, I would get super quiet when you're describing some of the roughest moments. Mm-hmm. So I was at gunpoint a little pause have a little bit of quietness now I was at gunpoint like that that's kind of weird because that's too excited for something that's that deep um, the humorous stuff the wrong solutions this is where you want to be more upbeat energy passionate because you're trying to make something more funnier um, and then getting to the scale of thought this is where you want to be the most passionate because this is where you're you're basically a your salesman right now you're, you're selling them an idea that you think is an effective method that matches to the overall theme of resilience that they should be able to take away and do something with so at this point, you want to say, I figured out the scale of thought. Like in some of my keynotes, I, I joke around to say, I figured out the meaning to life. So when I say I figured out the meaning to life, I'm super excited and happy about it. And I see everyone smile because like this idiot did not figure out the meaning of life. But the fact that I'm so ready to share what I think the meaning of life is to you makes people think, lean in. All lean in like, all right, what's, what's he going to say? Uh-huh. Um, so that's what I would be like on the scale of thought. But yeah, aside of that, I think this is, this is a good talk. It's, it's one of the better ones that I've, that I've seen in the past three that I've, that I've coached it was a freestyle yesterday no yeah and and it makes sense given given your age and given how many experiences you have that and your creativity so one of them is 25 the other one is probably in her 50s but she's never given any of this before so she really has to start from the bottom but but you're in branding and creativity and the speech is just a brand right so i feel like that's why it was a little bit more easier for you to just recall on your experiences and create a narrative Exactly. And if, if it's, you're, you're speaking about yourself, it's naturally a little bit more easier. Right. I would try to practice speech at least once a day, if 10 minutes is possible per day. Maybe that's a little bit too ambitious. Of
1: what,
0: so I'm going to send you the outline by tomorrow, tomorrow so should morning. You, of you, should, you should look at the outline. You should practice it the first couple times just off the outline, and then it should become sort of native to you. Meaning when you see uh, intro in the outline dash two stories, that two stories should become a trigger for what you're going to say now i'm not going to verbatim write out the two stories because you know the two stories so the way you memorize a speech is you have little parts of the speech outlined some little subpoints in them that serve as a Trigger. checkpoint for you to then talk about it versus having to literally see everything nice. so i would do that a couple times off the outline and then i would just on your voice memos record put your phone in the corner record it and just send it to me as an email just so i can give you maybe the last second comments um and do it a couple times and then you should be good to go yeah, I think it' good. It's not bad stuff. I appreciate you coming and letting me letting me help you out. I'm excited for this one.